This is exactly right. It's me, Roz. You guys, I have a little announcement to make. If you live in the Los Angeles area, or if you happen to be in the area for some reason, I am going to be doing my first live show back, baby. I'm going to be back at Casita Del Campo at the Cavern Club Celebrity Theater, which is in the basement of Casita Del Campo, a gorgeous Mexican restaurant in Silver Lake, California, the theater is allegedly haunted, and it's where I used to do my live shows, and I'm going to do it on the 29th of October, which is the Friday of Halloween weekend, and it's going to be at 8 p.m. I have the ticket link in the description of this episode, and I will say it's going to be a pretty intimate little show. I mean, it's a small theater. We're going to do even less people in the audience than before because the theater wants to be COVID safe. And so you have to have proof of vaccination or a uh, recent COVID test. I don't know. It says it all on the ticket link um, if you're curious about that. But so it's going to be a small little thing. So snatch up your tickets quickly and I don't know. Maybe maybe if it sells out, I'm not sure. I can't promise this yet, but I might add another one. Um, I'm not sure yet. So just stay tuned. Um, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Ross Hernandez, the Facebook group. I'll say I'll say if I if I'm able to add more. But as of now, it's just the one show at 8 p.m. the 29th of October. Okay, so guys. Today is an action-packed episode. I have on Matthew Scott Montgomery, who is an actor, filmmaker, and also best friends with Demi freaking Lovato. And Matthew, alongside Demi's sister Dallas, the three of them are starring in this new TV show called Unidentified with Demi Lovato. And it's on Peacock, NBC's streaming platform. And I got to see the first episode. It is now officially out. Today, the 30th, it is out. You can go watch the whole show. And at the time of this recording, I only got to see the first episode. I absolutely loved it. Matthew is so sweet and funny and has a lot to say. One of, like, such an ideal guest. I mean... He he made it so easy on me with this. Just gave me so much good stuff. And we even get into ghost stuff. It's not just aliens on this episode, though we do talk about aliens. So I'm just going to get right into the episode here. And of course, as always, if you want to hear a little bit more, go to patreon.com slash rosdresfelez. And this time I did the, you know, unexplainable phenomenal thing with Matthew 
And he gave me his thoughts on psychics, which even involved a little bit of Tyler Henry talk. We talk about, oh, Matthew's a twin. So I asked about the whole, you know, do twins have ESP or any of that kind of thing? Uh, We talk about haunted dolls, Bigfoot, all that kind of stuff. So go check that out. And without further ado, here is Matthew Scott Montgomery. On with the show! Oh my god, everyone. I am joined by Matthew Scott Montgomery. Hello! Hi! Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here. And it's like, I know we're not technically together, but like, if I can just flatter myself for a moment, I can hear the smile in your voice right now, and I'm thrilled. Oh, well, I I just watched the screener of Unidentified. I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's so exciting. So I've seen the first episode, and (gasps) it certainly put a big smile on my face. Oh, good. I I loved it. I I really did love it. And we'll certainly be talking about it. But first of all, how are you? I'm good. I'm really, really good. I'm transitioning from summer me to Halloween me, and it's going very well. See, I just stay in Halloween me. So <laughs> I feel this. I feel that. I think um, if you saw my apartment right now, it's very Halloweened out all the time. Um, I'm Same. like a I'm a Halloweeny, but like I don't know. The older I get, the more I like romanticize summer in a way. I'm not sure exactly why, but like um, I'd say like sixty percent Halloween and forty percent summer. But like the percentage. Halloween might dip into 65 or 70 percent sometimes. I find Halloween to be spooky. Or I uh, sorry. <laughs> I find <laughs> summer to be spooky. Wait, tell me summer, more. To me, summer, it's it feels like summer camp or mm. you know, like there's so many of these like slasher I summer summer mm. to me is slasher films. Yeah. Did you see Fear Street? Did you watch Fear Street? I have not seen Fear oh Street. Oh my god, that it Roz, that's your homework tonight. That's your homework this okay. weekend. I mean, it's just like queer masterpieces and you know it's 1994 1978 and then 1666 so it's it gives you full halloween tease and then it's that spooky summer slasher thing you're talking about it's just immaculate Ooh, see you're a big you're a big horror, horror I am, i'm a horror horror yeah <laughs> yes what what do you tend to get drawn to when it comes to horror do you have a I, genre it, that you I, like the most i do i i identify with 90s slashers so i love i know what you did last halloween h2o scream scream 2 that is my sweet spot right there those are my favorite movies i just told you and i'm literally right, as i'm talking to you i have an i know what you did last summer and halloween h2o poster looking at me so jamie lee curtis and jennifer love hewitt are blessing us today oh my god when i was yeah a kid and those movies came out those were the most famous to this day to me those are the most famous people if i saw skeet ulrich <laughs> or matthew lillard oh, or yeah. josh hartnett or anybody that was in those movies at that time yeah those are the most famous people in the world to me totally and that was uh halloween h2o was josh hartnett's first movie at the, at the opening credits is and introducing josh hartnett which just fills me with joy oh my god yeah crazy <laughs> well see when i think about aliens and ufos and that kind of a thing that stuff doesn't scare me really like when i what i've heard a lot of people talk about um what's an example i guess alien like in terms of horror what about the faculty are, yeah 
I mean, that's very that time period. Yeah, that's like, that's Josh Hartnett, that slasher. That's like right, right. an alien situation. Yeah, yeah. But like UFOs, like getting mm. abducted, like that kind of a thing has never been something that I'm afraid of. I mm-hmm. mean, where are you at on that? I think a lot of people are afraid of it because of some of the pop culture stuff we're alluding to, whereas the idea of an alien is something scary that is going to abduct you and take you away. I think the majority of it is fear of the unknown, and it's something that we don't know and that we don't understand, and of course people are always afraid of that. I could give like a queer allegory to this another day, but um, one thing that, that you know, Demi, who's on the show with me, you know, uh, Demi, who's on my show with me, kidding, it's it's literally (laughs) unidentified with Demi Lovato, would not have a job if that were not. Anyway, but um, Demi, you know, always points out something I learned working on the show is that Demi doesn't like to use the word alien because it has a negative connotation to it and to instead say Mm. ETs. And then also there's, you know, all this talk of was Demi abducted? Demi had this, you know, um, experience with an ET that they've been trying to figure out and trying to explore. And that's one of the reasons that we did the show was to like follow the lead of that, of this thing that they experienced. And a lot of, we did press yesterday and a lot of like the outlets were like, so we heard you were abducted by an alien. And I could think since Demi next to me, like, okay, so we call them ETs and it's, uh, ETs and clarify it as an abduction because that implies that you're taken without your consent. And mm. that the experience that Demi had was something that they, willingly went along for it and i think i think that some of that language contributes to like the fear behind the idea of ufos you know what i mean because it's unknown abducting taking you away i do think there's some frightening aspects of it there's like um but i think the majority of it boils down to the fear of the unknown yeah well i say take me (laughs) get me out totally one of the questions was um I, I got actually working on the show. One of the questions was, what would you say if, you know, ETs came and wanted to take Demi away, but, you know, back with them into space? And I was I, I would be I'd be thrilled because I know that's what Demi wants. And Roz, <laughs> you, you could tag along and, and I would miss you both uh, extremely a lot. But like, I'd be happy for you because I know that's where you want to be. <laughs> and Honey, <that's- laughs> I think, yes, take yes. me up there. Top they do the to Mars. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, well, OK. So when Demi first told you about this experience in Joshua Tree, where they believe it's possible that they were, uh, wait, what did you say? We don't say abducted. What do we say? You know, I don't. Teleported. Um, I don't know about teleported. But I went on a journey. Um, went on an experience. Vacation. Uh, yeah, vacation. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Demi may have had a vacation. <laughs> to mars <laughs> vacation all so, they ever wanted yes. yes so when you first hear that how as as a close friend what do you mm-hmm. how how did you react what did well, you, you think? know um we've been friends for over 10 years at this point and we've kind of seen each other through everything and there's a, there's a lot that we have in common there's a lot that we don't have in common there's we're very very different in a lot of ways but we always kind of meet each other where we're, where we're at and kind of try to teach and learn and participate in each other's lives as much as possible. So I was supposed to go on this Joshua Tree trip. I forget what happened. I think maybe I was working or something. I didn't go along. But when it was about a year ago, I guess now, when I came back, I went over to Demi's place and Demi had really been into painting and what had painted the image of this kind of like planet that they had seen. And I was like, whoa, that painting's kind of amazing. And Demi's like, okay, so... I've been wanting to tell you about this thing that happened to me and just follow me here. Okay. And I was like, okay. And, uh, they kind of explained 
you know, and it go, they go into detail it in in the show. I I believe, you know, I haven't seen. I have. I'm so jealous that you've seen the screener. I haven't even seen it yet. Seen anything yet? But um, they kind of go into detail about what what they experience. And I try to stay as open minded as possible. You know what I mean? I did come into the show as like the quote skeptic end quote because I hate to say it, Roz. I really, really do. But like naturally how I am. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in spirits. I don't believe in UFOs naturally how I am, which is so antithetical, antithetical. Sure. To like kind of my brand, I guess, because like, if you walk into my place, you're like, Oh, a ghost bitch lives here. Someone who like, (laughs) I have like Ouija boards and I'm like inviting the devil in, but like, I've never had like a supernatural experience. And so when, you know, Demi was talking about this, you know, Again, maybe this isn't supernatural, but Demi was talking about, you know, being taken to another place and seeing seeing things that they couldn't explain. But they were so happy and thrilled about it. And it was this really great experience. And they were so they wanted me to share in the joy and happiness of it. And it wasn't until a few weeks later, Demi was like, hey, um, NBC is doing a show about finding ETs. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Like, let's do this. Like, prove to me that they're real. You know what I mean? Like, I want to understand what you saw. I want to feel this happiness you're feeling. Take me along for the journey. Prove prove it to me. You know? I think um, my personality is very, like, open and happy and bubbly and fun. I'm not, like, crossed arms where I'm like, prove it to me, bitch. Like, uh-huh. that's, like, that's, like, that's not how I naturally am. I'm kind of like, I don't believe that, but I want to. Let's, let's figure it out. And so I was anxious to go on this whole journey to, you know, to figure out more of what they've been talking about and see for myself. See, that's what I thought. I had I I was afraid that you might be that person. What? Because, well, because Oh no, is the edit bad? Oh no, did they edit me that way? Oh no, Roz. No, not at all. But when I first read that, like, you know, you're kind of painted as like the resident skeptic. Now, yeah. here's the thing, and if we go back to like words and connotations and stuff, skeptic is often people assume that that means uh yeah you you think everything's fake you think people lie about this or something like that but yeah. it's really not it's it's actually highly encouraged of paranormal investigators to be skeptical you can't just believe everything i think sure. it's good to to be skeptical yeah there was this guy um uh it's amazing it's fantastic that i can't remember his name at this point on talking about the show that i'm on with a, a podcast talking about that show but um on identified there on on unidentified there's an episode in arizona where we get like a ufo class basically from this guy who used to work for the british ministry of defense you'll see in the episode um a lot happened it was overwhelming for me to remember all the details but he was basically like teaching us about ufos and after he did the class demi was like what do you believe and he was like i I'm undecided, but he said it like that. And to him saying undecided was like a stamp of approval and validation where it's like, I don't think these things necessarily aren't true. I think they may be true and I'm undecided. And Mm -hmm. that, that rang true with me where it's like, especially during the show working on it and stuff was happening on camera and off camera that I was like, is this, is this happening? And it was, I was like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. I know something is happening. I know something's out there. So I, at that point, would I have identified as undecided? And I, I still do to an extent. I think that's good that you pointed that out though. I 
I think the biggest turnoff for me in general of people or experiences is cynicism, you know, Mm -hmm. like people who are cynical and things like that. And that's, I try not to put any of that energy in the world. So like, I'd say I'm like a positive skeptic where I'm like, hmm, let's figure this out. Not like, that's not true. Like, it's like exactly (laughs) what you said. Living in Los Angeles, it just tends to be a place, who knows why, creative people, creative minds, open people, open experiences, I don't know. But there's a lot of people out here that believe in this stuff. I can only assume that you've had many close friends that say that they've experienced ghosts or mm-hmm. any of this stuff. I mean, so how do you feel when you hear that from them? Well, it's interesting since the show has been announced and, you know, footage has come out, I had kind of friends come out of the woodwork and people in my DMs being like, I've had an experience and now they feel like they can talk to me about it, like in a way. Um, I'm by no means an expert in any of that and I'm happy to listen, but um, I more and more people are starting to share their stories. I'm hoping that... Um, those people and Demi feel validated when the show comes out because we talk to a lot of people in the show that have been afraid to speak about stuff that's happened to them. And frankly, it's kind of like ruined some of their lives in this way. That's like terribly sad. We talked to a few people in the show Well, you'll see how nervous they are to speak about it and emotional, whether it's people who are like, um, in the Air Force or we in this one episode, maybe it's the one that you saw, we go to like a an abductee um, support group, which mm-hmm. was extremely intense, where it's like it's a, a real support group of people who have experienced stuff and are talking about it. Again, I try to stay as like open minded as possible. I'm also an actor, so I lead with like empathy and trying to figure out why people feel the way that they feel and kind of like, you know, leading with that. So I always try to stay as open as possible. So wait, so you have never had... A UFO experience of any kind. Is that right? No, I actually just like a month or less ago just had my <gasps> first experience. Wait, really? Yes. Uh, in Tell Sedona. Yeah, we, in... We, we shot there. We shot in Sedona. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that might be the finale, I think. Okay. Well, I mean, I did just tell it on this podcast, but short, short, sweet version. Basically, I went on this like, quote unquote, UFO tour where they gave us those uh, night vision binocular military grade, whatever. And um, and we did the little the thing that you guys did in the first episode, too, with like little lasers you shoot up there. And um, yeah, I have I actually have footage of of these moving little dots of light yeah. that are floating or you know flying around and they're flying around yeah. not unlike the planes and and anything else that's up there and they shine back at us and wow, it was okay. pretty incredible i mean yeah. so you guys had some of that kind of stuff happen definitely Does, this Sedona episode it was, it's like a hot spot there it at one point so much is happening in the sky that we couldn't even keep up with it you know what i mean and it's like we were kind of stationed at the top of this pyramid at the kind of top of a mountain in a way and we had cameras on us from all angles and like me demi um this woman that we were with and then uh dallas demi's sister we were all kind of looking in different directions and all of us were seeing separate stuff and we're like i don't know i haven't seen the episodes i don't know all what they ended up choosing to show but like we're like yelling at the cameras, like, are you seeing this? And Demi's like, no, 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 you need to film this over here. On the other side, I'm like, no, 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 are you seeing this? And Dallas is like, um, there's something over here. So it was just like, God bless these camera guys. But it was just like, uh, so a flurry of stuff. 
happening in the sky. It was it was kind of overwhelming. I, I couldn't believe a lot of it was happening. And I'd be curious, Roz, to see if that stuff follows you. And what I mean by that is I think, you know, in general, we like find what we're looking for. You know what I mean? Like we could talk in like a social media algorithm way where it's like we're just shown what we're interested in. But I think there's something... I think there's like a universe algorithm almost in a way where it's like if you're staring up at the sky for long enough and you are focused, the, the, the sky does start to move. And this is coming from like a sober skeptic person who just is just like staring up at the sky and have seen that happen. And I think, you know, what Demi believes and a lot of the people that we met with believe and I'm positively undecided is that, you know, that's ETs that are noticing us looking at them and then they start to show themselves more and more. Now, after we finished filming the show, I went, my parents live in Palm Springs and I went to go stay at, at my parents' house one time. And, um, they, they were actually out of town. I was staying at, I was staying at the house and I was in the pool in the backyard. I had a, had a boy with me and we were just kind of swimming around in the pool at night and I saw a shooting star and I was like, Oh my gosh, look, a shooting star. And then he saw one on the other side too. And then we just started to see stuff like after a good 20 minutes, more stuff in the sky started moving and he was kind of freaking out. And I was like, they followed me. I was like, <laughs> they followed me here. And cause it, Demi had been telling me for over a year that that's what would happen. Now, are they following me or am I just more open to looking up at the sky? Is it all shooting stars? I said, this is part of the reason I'm so anxious to see the show is because I couldn't believe what was happening. So I, I frankly myself need to see the footage back because it was kind of unbelievable. Well, you know, something that was pointed out to me when I was in Sedona is because mm. I was like, does this happen everywhere or why is it here? And the expert uh, tour guide person was saying that, yeah, it can happen, of course, anywhere. And people have reported it happening in L.A. I mean, I've even had people on this show. Uh, Chris Colford, not that long ago, was talking on the show about seeing something like that in L.A. And oh, wow. but there's. Uh, there's smog and stuff up there. So who knows if they're up there? I, I, I can't always see stars at night in LA. So I don't know. They could be yeah, following one, me. Maybe we, we, one thing we were trying to figure out and frankly, we needed more time. I mean, like I, I kind of want to go back to Sedona. I don't know how long you were there for, but we, I felt like we weren't there for long enough, but we were talking about the, there being a vortex there. And uh-huh. what a vortex means specifically and what energy is drawn towards it and kind of just like the energy of like the town in general is very like it feels like a swirly mystical place just like even when you're there and you're like yo if like UFOs and ETs exist they're straight up coming to this place you know what I'm saying I think a lot of it is like lack of light pollution in a way where it's like that's you know, such a beautiful place in the desert that seems like a hot spot. L.A., right. it, can, it can be trickier because of smog and light pollution and things like that. Palm Springs, I could see, you know, I think Joshua Tree makes sense, too, because it's the desert. So it's like you just get a clearer vision of the sky. You know what I mean? But that's when I tell my friends about going to Sedona. And some of them are like, are these... Do you think the UFOs are on a payroll or something? Or do you think it's something <laughs> else up there? Because it's a good tourism, you know? People are yeah. hearing us talking about it right now, and they want to go to Sedona. Yeah. So it's there was parts of it where I was like, this is too good to be true. There's yeah. so many things up in this. I was, I was very much in a similar situation as you guys, where I was like, yeah. now look over there. Now look over there. There's so many of them. 
Is it, how long did it, I mean, how long were you there for before that started happening? Were you like looking up at the right sky? Away. Like, right away. Wow. Okay. As soon as we put on the goggles, there's one. It was well, like, that, I mean, Demi and I, when the cameras were off the, the first night we stayed there, we just, the two of us went out into the middle of the desert and laid down and played music and stared up at the sky and we saw all kinds of stuff. And so I don't know if producers or whatever will listen at any point to this podcast and hear me say that and be furious, but like, <laughs> it was this thing where it's like, we were done shooting and we're going back to our rooms and Demi's like, do you want to go out tonight? I was like, yeah. And by that we meant like literally took our blankets up to like this mountain and stared and we're just like seeing so much stuff. And we were shooting the next night. Like I, it was going to be like the night where we had to like look at stuff in the sky and we were like, oh man, we better see stuff tomorrow night because tonight we're seeing all this stuff that the cameras aren't getting. Oh, you know no. what I mean? And luckily the next night though, a, a just as much stuff showed up, if not more. Well, I think that they're Demi Lovato fans. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, we we interacted with a. Um, uh, I did have my first paranormal experience in my life with a ghost shooting the show, and we ran into a ghost named Carmen that I'm convinced is one of Demi's biggest fans. Wait a minute. What? Did you had a ghost episode? experience? No, yes. that that was not part of this first episode that I watched. Oh my gosh, wrong. The main thing I'm talking about from this is we went to this place. I mean, I'm going to try to tell you enough to tease you, but also to satisfy you because I love you. Who cares about the listeners? Just you. Um, but like uh, <laughs> without and without giving away the entire episode, because this is the episode I'm anxious to see the most. We went to this place called Vulture City in Arizona. Have you ever heard of Vulture City before by chance? I can't say I have. You know, I hadn't either. And, you know, we were staying like two, a few hours away and we would like drive all the way to the middle of nowhere at this place called Vulture City, which is like a, which is a UFO and ghost hotspot. Like this place is bonkers. It's an old gold mining town that has mm-hmm. like a dark past and a scary history. And there are all kinds of rumors of things at Vulture City. There's the bones of giants that are buried. There is a... 180 foot deep old mine that we stood on top of that's a vortex uh and it's so much stuff right so we're it looks like a scooby-doo town like in a way where it's like a little old western town and there's part of the one part of the vulture city episode where we kind of split off and we were doing like um ghost hunting essentially now demi and i have done that before we did that at the queen mary like back in like 2012 i think that used to be on youtube but they took it off i think um we and it sort of you know went ghost hunting and try to find stuff um uh wait i have to tell both these stories now okay so the first first time i ever like had any kind of paranormal experience i'm I'm, i just turn myself into a liar because i just remember this at the queen mary (laughs) We like after the Queen Mary closed. Okay, so in in Long Beach here in California, there's this old ship called the Queen Mary that now you can stay stay at, stay in like a hotel. And every year for Halloween, they do like a spooky Queen Mary thing. Well, one year, I want to say it was like 2012 or 2013. One year after it closed, like after like late at night, like one or two in the morning, Demi and I went in there with a with a camera crew. I don't know why. Well, we did. And we were like ghost hunting, essentially, in the um, uh, in the Queen Mary. And we like, you know, there are all these stories of like people who tried to stow away on board, but they got crushed by the engines. And now they're ghosts like haunted 
the boat. There's some really sad stories about some women that were assaulted and potentially murdered by like sailors that like haunt the ship, like all kinds, there's all kinds of stuff there. The only thing I saw there was I took a burst, like a photo where it's like you have like, take like 10 pictures at once, you know, that thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And we were at this like underground pool in the Queen Mary. I took a burst picture, didn't think anything of it. It wasn't till later when I left and came back home, I was looking at the burst photos and Roz, I swear, and I, I'll text this to you. And I don't know if there's a postable way for this, but yes, you can, there is. You can see the burst and there's four pictures where there's nothing. And then in one picture, there is a hooded figure up in the corner. A hooded figure. Yes. Now, That's never good. the argument is... You know, if we're being if we're being a cynical skeptic like me, like one of the, <laughs> the argument kind of here is okay. It's some worker there in a hoodie who just appeared. But you know what, girl? This is these are burst photos. You know what I'm saying? So like all these were taken at the exact same second. You know what I mean? And only one of them has this shrouded person up in the corner. No. I will send you the pictures. I know, but right? What is, so. But what is? when I know when I think of because I've heard a lot of these stories about the Queen Mary and the history mm-hmm. and the deaths and all the stuff. But who's got? I never hear about no hooded figure. Who you know is what? That? And it was, I don't know because we left at that point, and it was only when I went back and looked at the pictures. It was like. You know, it was like it was a movie and we were going ghost hunting and didn't find anything. And then you think the movie's over. And then the very, very end of the movie, we look at the pictures and it's like, <gasps> and then it's credits. You know what I mean? Like it was very uh, that. So like we didn't get a chance to, and I don't, I don't know why I didn't follow up or whatever, but I do have, I'll, I'll send those to you. So that was like D and I's first like paranormal experience. However, a couple months ago when we were in Vulture City, um, which place, this place is so legit. When we got there, there were some indigenous people there who do protection ceremonies when people come to visit. So even when we got there, we had to bring like an offering and they did like a protection ceremony the entire time that we were there. So this was not, I don't even know if that's going to be on camera. They, the whole time we were there, cameras on cameras off They were they were by a fire and chanting and doing a protection ceremony over us because these a couple of the descendants of the indigenous people who have lived there forever this one guy was telling me he was like you know we call them the star people out here and by the star people he was meaning ufos essentially because he told us stories of his grandmother who and he has a memory of this is a tiny tiny that like a silver disc would come down from the sky and then the grandma would tell them all to go inside and then she would speak with them somehow then it would go away and you know there are other people who can corroborate that story now he holds on to and what he says is my grandmother never owned a television never actually read a book she never saw a movie she would never had seen any kind of reference from pop culture to tell her that what she saw you know was the was or wasn't a spying saucer ufo kind of thing and mm-hmm. they were all deadly serious about this and the grandma called them the star people and she would speak to the star people right so we were there in vulture city to potentially figure out is are ghosts and ETs, are star people, are angels, are spirits, are they all the same thing? Are they separate things? Do they work together? Do, are they, you know, BFFs in some ultimate dimension? Is one true and one's not, you know, kind of thing? So that we were there to investigate all that. Now, I'm not going to tell you the answer to that question because you got to watch the show, girl. But <sighs> um, that was what, that was like the purpose of being there. And there is this haunted brothel there where there were these three women who were prostitutes who would 
um, you know, work with the miners there back like a hundred years ago, and their names were Maria, Lily, and Carmen. And we we were going to go into this brothel, right? At the time of shooting, um, Demi did not openly identify as non-binary. If you watch the episodes, uh, probably I do it too, and a lot of people are going to seemingly misgender them, but they're going to be describing Demi as she and as her. And a lot of um, what we were kind of taught along the way, some to my chagrin, was very gendered in a way, but this brothel was welcoming to quote women end quote, and was not welcoming to men. And so the idea was Demi was going to go in there because Demi's the quote girl end quote. And so Demi's going to go in there and try to speak with one of these spirits to talk to either Lily, Carmen or Maria. And, you know, there were cameras in there, of course. Um, I very quickly forgot that they were there, frankly, the entire shoot, because they did a good job of kind of hiding themselves. And what we were dealing with was so riveting and very present that it, they kind of seemed superfluous in a way. But we, Demi and I go into, with this, like, um, uh, this uh, paranormal investigator dude, so whose name escapes me at this point. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but the three of us go in there together and... We they set up all these like um, ghost hunting machines that like light up and this one music box that lights up that apparently when a spirit is around, they, it communicates through that. So mm-hmm. if so, if Roz, if you were a ghost and I walked into your haunted bedroom and I was like, is Roz here? And then the, the box would light up because you from beyond would put your ghost energy into lighting up the box to communicate with us. Now, when we got to Vulture City. The indigenous people there and the people who currently own the place warned us and off camera were like, just so you know, the ghosts get very excited when you're here and they use the energy from the lights and the batteries from the camera. So you have to be prepared because you're going to have to be replacing the batteries a lot while you're here because the ghosts are going to use the energy. And I will confirm that that is what we found. While we were there, continuously the cameras had to put more batteries in and reset in a way that did not occur for any other place that we shot. So that, I I mean, I don't know how you explain that. I, I guess I'm undecided, but like that was pretty intense and amazing. So there was, we go into the brothel and we start trying to communicate with um, I'm going to tease this and not tell too much because I, I would love to tell the whole story, but you, you just have to see it. And I'm so anxious to see this episode, but essentially, you know, Demi started asking, Demi chose to communicate with them. And Demi was like, hi, is Lily here? Silence. Is Maria here? Nothing. Is Carmen here? Beep, 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 beep. The things start going off. And from there, I I, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. That experience was so insane to watch my best friend have a full on conversation with this. I'm not like Roz. I feel like I know Carmen now, like the way that they communicated and the questions that were asked and what happens in that conversation and what happens at the end of that episode. I, I miss Carmen. Like they're a person like the, the, when they were, and she was, but like I, I, and she communicates with us. You can kind of see in the trailer a little bit, and I'm so anxious for you to see the episode and for everyone to see it because that was a very like thrilling, exhilarating. I'm going to look scared in the footage, but it was a very like profound, intense, present thing. What happens with their communication? It was really, that's like, I walked away from shooting unidentified thinking like I'm undecided about, 
UFOs, I think, and ETs. I know something is out there. I can certain stuff happens concretely that I describe in the last episode that you will see. But my major takeaway, especially from the night was I talked to a ghost, you know what I mean? Like I straight up talked to a ghost and I was like, honestly, I was trying to set them up. I was like, Demi, you and Carmen have serious chemistry. You should like <laughs> love. Or I was like, you should write a duet, like write a duet and you can sing together. Like that's like where my brain was going. Like, Oh I my God. I should that is a good plan right there. Demi yeah. Lovato featuring Carmen the Ghost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Just I'm their number one away. fan. They sort of banned. Yeah. So do you think that there was a correlation in Vulture City between these particular spirits and the ETs? Or what did you what kind of conclusion did you come to? Um, Carmen had a very concrete conclusion when we asked her that question, and you're going to have to watch the okay, show. Okay, to hear okay, okay, okay. Yes, there is. God, you are good <laughs> at selling this. Well, I, I saw, you know, I only saw the first episode, but one of the things I liked so much about it was that it's like it's kind of educational. It's quite educational. Yes, you guys, very in, much. in just the first episode, you guys got into so many different things. You went to a lot of different places. Yes. And you, uh, you learned, and I as well, I mean, I know a decent amount of, about this stuff, but I didn't even know, like when you guys went to Tahanga, you met these guys that were telling you about this same-sex female yeah. couple in yeah. the 1950s, Sarah Shaw and Jan Whitley, which I looked this up, those were pseudonyms, but either way, they apparently were abducted or, you know, had these experiences, Yes, which I'm like, oh my God, now I know about this story. Yeah, and, the UFO um, bros, yeah. The UFO bros, right. Yeah. Those were the guys that you guys uh, were with. And, um, you know, you guys also get into the whole regression therapy yeah. situation, yeah. which that was pretty, pretty cool to, to watch. I, I guess I've never watched a, a session uh, of something like that. But how, where are you at on, on, on something like that? Regression hypnotherapy? Um, yeah, regressive hypnotherapy. Um, you know, I obviously didn't know anything about it. I think one of the I think half the people who watch the show will probably be UFO fans who are drawn to ET stuff. And the other half, maybe more than half actually are fans of Demi who want, who just want to have fun with them and experience them more. And I think both of those types of fans will be satisfied with the show. And if you're somewhere in the middle, you follow along with me, I feel like, because I kind of come into it, you know, a little bit of both, I guess, in a way, a lot of mm-hmm. bit of fan of Demi, obviously, but like, you know, I, I, you can kind of learn things through me because I, you know, I was 100% like the novice. Also like the people who work on the show and a lot of the camera ops and things like that believed in everything already. So I felt like at certain times I'm like, am I the only one who like, I felt like I had to catch up with a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? And with the aggressive hypnotherapy, I don't know. I mean, that was we Dallas and I were kind of watching off from the side. So regressive hypnotherapy is basically like Demi going to a hypnotic state to kind of relive the Joshua tree experience that we've been talking about earlier and, and try to clarify if that were quote an abduction end quote. Um, what's interesting is I know Demi very well. So it's like a lot of the answers that Demi have for that stuff. I don't know if, I don't know if it's in the episode or not, but I would kind of say them before Demi did or at the same time And Dallas and I would kind of giggle because um, I don't know. I thought kind of half of it was 
kind of silly. Like I thought half it was like, this isn't going to work like this is blah, blah, blah. Another half of it was like, I was very nervous. And I think um, nervous in a kind of way where it's like Demi's undergoing hypnotherapy on camera and Demi's been through a lot of dark stuff. And I don't, you know, uh, I didn't want a lot of that to come out. And I didn't know if it would go in that direction. I'm glad that um, you know, it, a lot of it was going in more of like a, a positive direction, I guess, or things that Demi wants to talk about. I mean, one of the major things that we were asked in like the press or, or, or Demi was for sure was, you know, the idea that whatever the experience was, it was these beings were, I think the light doctors is the word that the description of them, but they mm-hmm. were trying to protect Demi from themselves. And, you know, I think Demi in, in therapy kind of hypnotherapy and you, you see it on camera kind of comes up with that themselves. And they were kind of like, I think, you know, maybe these beings out in space or wherever are trying to, or trying to help me and protect me. And then the woman who's running the session is like, from what? And I think I literally, I think I remember whispering to Dallas, like, you know, I think I said herself at the time, of course, but, um, uh, uh, you know, themselves kind of thing. So I think like, um, I don't know. I think, um, were there light doctor ET beings communicating through the hypnotherapy? No, I don't, I, I don't think necessarily that. I think it's more of like an intuitive thing that was kind of validated through Demi for that. But that whole experience was kind of, I, you know, I was on edge pretty much the whole time because I didn't know what was about to happen. You know, like I'm, I'm an actor who's used to being in front of camera and on set. That's how Demi and I met. We were on the same Disney channel show. And so like, you know, I, this is my very first time doing anything that was quote reality television end quote. I know, I think we call it like a documentary series, a lot of it, but I was like wondering how much it was going to be real. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, mm-hmm. are, is this going to be produced? Like, are they going to make stuff up? And my takeaway from it was that nothing was produced. Nothing was faked at all. I mean, uh, all of that was, was really happening in the moment. They had like an artist sketching it right there. I mean, like a lot of stuff we weren't prepped for as well. So it's like, I didn't know what I was walking into at certain points. I didn't know what was going to be happening. So what you experienced there is very, the experience itself was very real and unplanned and fresh. We never did a second take on anything. There was none of that. I don't even know if that's something people would question, I guess, but like what you see is what you get there. And Demi's also a person who's not the kind who fakes anything. Like that's like, that's not Demi's MO, you know what I mean? Like at all. So that all that stuff was very, very real. Well, and something that I know uh, that you guys also experienced through this process is I've talked to hundreds of people with stories. And sometimes when you hear these stories that are so incredible, you can pick up people's vibes. You can pick up energy. There's something, call it paranormal or whatever, your instincts tell you like, I don't think this person's making this up. And this is like a very incredible thing that I'm hearing right now. And that, that can really do a number on you in terms of your beliefs and being like, well, I don't know. I kind of believe this one. I mean, you guys went to, in this first episode, this woman that has been abducted and I guess we can, we don't have to spoil that whole situation too, but this woman, Geraldine. Yes. And she's had some pretty remarkable things that she had happened to her. And I mean, it, I believed it. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was being tossed in the deep in there because that was one of the very first things that we did. And so, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say about that because like, 
we, I don't know what's made into the episode because we had a very long conversation and everything kept getting more, um, intense. You know what I mean? With, um, do, do, did it make it in the drawings that she did of her children? Yes. Oh my gosh. So it's like, you know, also who am I, who am I to question anyone's experience really? I know I'm cast as the here, but like, especially a woman's experience, it's not my place to question any of that at all. I want to honor their experience and hear what they have to say. And, but that was, that was a, it was a lot to take in. She's been through some very, very intense stuff. And, you know, she has a lot of children that live all over the galaxy that she drew for us. And, I don't know if I, you my I wear my heart on my face. It's very hard for me to hide what I'm feeling. I my guess is this entire show is just me with my jaw on the floor for like four <laughs> hours straight. But like when she showed us these pictures of her her ET children, I mean, it was it, I'm so sorry, but it was horrifying. Now that was scary. That was yeah. very very scary because they look really scary. Like they look. But also, like, it's your children, so you have to be like, eh, cute. I know. I really, I mean, like what you watch in the episode is me fighting to be like, ah, but like on the inside, I'm going, ah, you know what I mean? Like it, was like it was that we walked away from that interview, like shaking. Cause we were like, oh my gosh. Like, well, basically I, I wasn't going to say, but basically she has hybrid children with yeah. aliens. Yeah. That she yeah, has she had does. And I don't without know if it, having did it, sex. Did it make it into the episode? The woman at the abduction, um, uh, support group, her name was Barb. It's this like older white woman. Did she make it into the episode? I'm not sure. I don't. There know was this I'm... woman. I'll just say this. There was this woman there who just this quiet, sweet, sweet old lady who was part of the people in this um, abduction support group. Again, with what you were saying about like you just feel this thing. It's like why would this person make this stuff up or like you know. Everyone there, it, it felt very, very genuine. And this woman has stayed with me, this woman, Barb, because she was in the support group is because she would go to, um, I don't even know, I forget even how to describe it, like up to like the sky or out in space or another dimension, whatever, whatever she chose to, we, the words we chose to use were there because she would nurse her hybrid children. And she said she had 24 children and that they loved her. And that, of course, and they described her, Roz, this is stuck with me, as the smoothest mommy in the universe. And her reason for being in the support group was because, and it kind of breaks my heart to say this, and I have as much empathy as I can to, I cannot understand what this, any of this feels like, but I send it to really do. She didn't really want to be on earth. She wanted to be with them. You know what I mean? Like she didn't want to be walking through this human experience because she had so much more joy nursing these 24 hybrid babies somewhere else. And she, and some of the people in the support group were that, were that, where they had been through some of them had really traumatic stuff happen to them. You know, I talked, we talked to a lot of people in this series who have positive and negative experiences. Um, Demi's would thankfully very, very positive. And, but half the people in the support group, their experience had been so positive that they were dealing with going through everyday life, going to Trader Joe's, parking their cars, walking down the street, knowing that there's this other thing out there that brings them more joy and they feel more connected to. And, 
And that was one of those days where I did not know we were walking into that. I didn't know that was going to be happening. And I could have sat there for hours and hours and hours taking in all that stuff because I've never been in a situation like that. I'm sure the majority of the audience watching the show has never been in, in a situation like that. And that that blew me away. And those things that Bob said have stuck with me. You know what I mean? Because like what the, this woman, you know, if if we're talking skeptic, if we're talking cynicism, it's kind of be like, here's just making this up to be on TV. But like, no, that wasn't the case. You know what I mean? Like there was this sweet old woman who had, who had been through something that she was brave enough to share with all of us. And whether I understand it or people believe it or not, this was something that was real to her that she needed to share as part of the support group. And it just happened to be that she would much rather be with her hybrid children that were out in space. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was... And that's episode one. That's the first episode. When I went to Sedona, the woman that was leading the thing I was doing, she identified as an abductee. I think at once or twice she has been abducted. And I said to her, does it happen where people go on these tours and they get abducted? Because I like, I I don't really want that. And she's like, Oh no, it's great. She's like, don't you have nothing to fear? She's like, it's wonderful. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, especially during the pandemic, I would have like loved a little trip. Do you watch Buffy the vampire slayer? Have you seen that show before? Sure. Yeah. What makes me think of it is, when I mean, spoiler alert, that show was in 1997 to 2003. So I think we're good. But um, when Buffy dies at the end of season five and presumably goes to hell and Willow and everyone else in the show do spells to bring Buffy back from hell when she dies. But then Buffy comes back from from death and she's miserable because she wasn't in hell. She was in heaven and everyone just assumed that she was in hell. It makes me think of that because it's like that again is the pop culture thing. And maybe even, you know, some of the negative connotation with the idea of abductee where it's like, it's going to be fire in the sky. What's that movie? Whatever it is where it's like, you're getting probed and needled and you know, you have missing. It's all very scary. And that stuff, we, we deal with that stuff on the show and talk about it quite a bit. And that's definitely a thing, but like, you know, not all of it is for those people like they were there in their version of whatever heaven is when that happens. And that's, you know, if you had the option to be in heaven or on earth, where would you want to be? You know what I mean? Kind of thing. What well, so, also makes you think maybe there's, you know, it's like I think we almost all have this idea like they they're all from the same place and they all come down here. Yeah. But like there could be people they could be from all over who who knows where and you could end up getting taken away to one of the bad parts of the galaxy or you That's can true. be taken yeah. to the nice neighborhood. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Carmen has some stuff to say about that in, in the Vulture City episode, so tune in. <laughs> oh my god. Well, speaking of ghosts and communication, can I play you some ghost voices? 100%. Please, I wish you would. Okay. It's time for EVPs or EVPs. Do you know what an EVP is? Yes, I do. Okay. Electronic voice phenomena. So I go to YouTube and I find people's EVPs that they believe they've captured. And I'm going to play you two of them. And... I'll have you guess what you hear, and then I'll give you the answer, or I'll give you a couple options, and the correct answer is what the ghost hunter is, believes it says, okay? Cool. 
Gotcha. All right. Here's the first one. This one is from Paranormal Victoria on YouTube. And it's at an abandoned factory. I don't know anything else other than that. And okay. it's allegedly a ghost talking. So tell me what you hear. Okay. Wait, I'm going to play it again. Do you hear it? Yeah. It's um, it's someone speak, someone saying, oh, I don't know what that is. Wait, let me play it again. Let me it, play it again. Ew, I don't it like makes it. me think of like an exorcism audio. Do you know what <sighs> I mean? Like, um, oh my god, that audio that? you guys play of um, B- Betty and Barney Hill's uh, regression. Too scary. Oh, that is absolutely really scary. frightening. Yeah, bone um, chilling. Okay, back to this one. We played again. Yes. Okay, we, I'm sorry. One more time. Now Would you like name. some options? Now I think it's E.T. stuff. Yes, I want options. <laughs> okay. Is it A, ow, I'm tucking. It could be a drag queen. I don't know. <laughs> Is it B, boy, don't touch me. Is it C, oi, I'm talking to you. Or D, um, one taco, por favor. Okay, let me play it again. Oh, my gosh. It sounds like A, and it's like Lawrence Cheney or like a UK drag queen. <laughs> it does sound. It does sound British. Oi, I'm tucking. <laughs> wait, wait. wait, wait. <laughs> okay, here we go. It could be a drag queen factory. All we know is this is an abandoned factory. Um, okay, um, I'm gonna say it's the Oi, I'm talking to you one. That is what they believe it says. Oi, I'm talking to you. And I can hear it. I can hear it. it. I can hear it. Oi, I'm talking to you. Yeah. Okay, let me play another one. This is um, another Wild Western uh, mining town ghost. I mean, there's... There's some great, you know, if you go to Nevada, you go to Arizona, there's a lot of these towns and there's a lot of history. And this one I is got some from, experience. Yeah. Yeah. This one's from uh, Virginia City, Nevada, okay. at a place called the Washoe Club. Okay. And this is in the bathroom. This person, uh, this was posted by Sooner Jet 124 okay. on YouTube. They were in the bathroom. They're recording. They didn't hear this at the time, but then when they played it back, kind of like your Queen Mary photograph, they look back at it yes. later and they heard, they heard this right here. All right. Okay. Well, wait. that's this super is a scary. different one. This one's like deeper and louder. Wait, let me play it again. Yeah. Again. Okay. I think it's like a deep whisper. Yeah, how does how does it sound so deep and a whisper at the same time? I know. Okay, here we go. It sounds like it's going. (laughs) (laughs) It was trying to get your attention in the bathroom. Wow. I was hoping to be like, Evie, please, but I don't think that this that sounds very frightening and real. I know. Well, let me give you some options. Okay. Yes. A, Bernie. Maybe it's a Democratic Socialist ghost. I don't know. They're voting for Bernie. (laughs) 
Is it B, burning? Which I don't know if they're peeing. It's none of my business. Yeah, is I it mean. C, furry? Which again, oh. I don't know what they could be talking about. Kinds of things have happened in this bathroom. Okay. Exactly. It could be a furry ghost. Somebody, you know, yeah. that wears the costumes. Or is it D, girl, please? Okay. <laughs> Oh, oh, I hope that it's D. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Let's, let's now let's tune in. Here we go. Now that we know it could be one of those. Or it is one of those. Here we go. I was really, I, I was praying for Girl Please. I wanted it to sound like Girl Please, but it doesn't to me. I think like burning, right? It is. They believe it says burning. Okay, wow. let's do it again. Yeah. Wow, that sounds like like no shade at all, but that sounds like we're in spirit Halloween and we're pressing things that make sound and make noise and there is some like shaking scarecrow on fire or something that says something like that. You know what I mean? And I live, I live for spirit Halloween. So like that's not totally. a, that's not a dig, that's a compliment. Oh my god, that's amazing. That's what I'm going to do. If I get abducted, I'm going to open a spirit Halloween on Mars. <laughs> Well, Matthew, you've been so generous with your time. I uh-huh. think uh, I think that's about it from not for now. Amazing. But I hope you come back uh, when the second season comes out because this show. I would love to come back. I would. I, I mean, now I'm, I'm. You know, I do feel like I wink at the sky even more than I did before. I've always been like a full moon person where I love, I do like a whole full moon ritual. I guess you probably said that earlier, but like um, every night of a full moon, I just, there's a thing that I do that's basically just like me walking around LA late at night, listening to a, um, a playlist. And then I jump completely naked in the sky. So like the only thing touching my body is full moonlight. I do that once a month. Um, wait, yeah, wait, wait, but wait. you get fully naked. In the neighbor, in your neighborhood. I do. Yeah. Yeah. This is like uh, when I first moved to L and it's not like um, when I first moved to LA, I lived near the Hollywood sign and I would climb to the top of my building and sit on the roof under a full moon. I would stare at the Hollywood sign and like pray literally to God and stare at the full moon and be like, I'm going to make this city my own. You know, Uh. like it was like a very like, you know, I also felt like there's a queerness part of that as well, where it's like, I didn't fully get to be myself until I moved out here. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of created this thing on my own, which to me was like a monthly check-in with God. It felt like where it's like, I spend this full moon time to recharge me for the next month. You know, I'm not a crystal person. You know, I have some Demi's really big into that. And a lot of people are and go for it. Do you, that's not necessarily my thing. I don't, I don't know a lot about astrology, um, I, you know, with like Zodiac and stuff like that, but I do kind of naturally do this full moon thing that it turned into me sitting on the roof to me going for a walk. And then my friend Riley who told me Riley's, um, just really cool in general in every kind of way. And Riley grew up on this Island where they would, they, it was Riley's, I, I stole this from Riley. I really did. Thank you, Riley. But Riley, as a little kid would go into the middle of this field under a full moon, would take off all their clothes and would jump up in this air. So the only thing touching their body is full moonlight just for a second. And I thought that was kind of like charming and romantic and fun. So I started doing that a few years ago. And now I do that once a month. I usually go behind my building in West Hollywood and do it. Um, <laughs> no one even blinks here. No one even cares. Um, and I've done it when it, whenever there's a full moon. I've done it in Africa. I've done it in Amsterdam. I've done it in Hawaii. I've done it like all kinds of places. And I noticed since I've gotten back from shooting on Identify that when I, my full moon walk was earlier this week, I find it's shifted a bit in the way that I'm 
it was me just looking towards the moon for a while and listening to music. And now it's me looking to the entire sky. And especially since I was in Palm Springs and saw some swirly stuff in the sky, you know, just a couple months ago, I'm looking, I look forward to now my full moon time and sky time even more to see what's out there. So I would be anxious to return to this podcast, maybe another time next year, a few months. And I would hope to have even more things to share with you from stuff that I've seen. Well, okay, but here's the thing. So when you're, when you open up that communication or whatever, mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. would be like, well, don't be surprised if they take you up there or who knows what you could be yeah. having a bunch of kids up there. I don't know. So are you <laughs> open to all of it or how does that work for you? I think I've definitely been open to spirits and ghosts in that aspect where it's like, I've definitely been open to, you know, I've played with Ouija boards before and my mom is not thrilled about that. And I have friends like, you know, you're letting the devil in, right? I was like, I'm welcoming whatever in ghost wise. I've been always like a ghosty. So with this UFO stuff and like spending more time staring up at the sky, um, I don't know. It's interesting. I feel this like sense of, a vague sense of like mutual respect where it's like, if there are things out there, they know that that's not my jam in a way. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think they know if, if they're there and they're looking back and they're showing themselves to me, I think they know where it's like, we got each other, but you don't want to come up and visit us. I think with the Demi, they're going to take them right away. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's really open. I think the energy I put out there is I see you. I hear you. What's what's up, girl? <laughs> I'm not ready for that yet. And I'm good down here, but I see you. And what's up? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's the energy I'm putting out. Well, the thing I always say about them is that they're clearly so smart. Like way smarter than us, way smarter than us. And most people that have these stories talk about it being a, uh, What's oh my god? How come I can't even think of the word? Um, when you speak without speaking, uh, tell a tell um, Ed and Lorraine Warren. No, I'm kidding. That was from before. Um, uh, they tell communicate. Spe- they uh, yeah, telekinesis. Tele- yeah. Whatever they know what you're thinking, and so yeah. read your mind. Yeah, they can read. They can read minds. They can communicate through your mind. Um, so you know, if you're not into it, I think that they could they get that. I yeah. think unless, unless it's some of the bad ones, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows any of it? That's I don't the know fun either. Part. Yeah. I don't know either. I'm, I'm curious to see. I think when I watch the show back now, because it was also overwhelming that I think I need to see it all again, clearly. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe I'll think differently after I see the show. I don't know. Oh my God. There's going to be all these extraterrestrials, getting agents and trying to like they're gonna be like hey they're calling up uta hey did you see me on peacock well listen you heard of carmen here first okay you know like (laughs) oh my god biggest star in all of arizona actually Um, yeah (laughs) well can you tell people you know give us tell us about the show tell us everything you know where to find you everything and your goosebumps podcast Of course. Um, Thank you so much for having me, by the way. I was just listening to Harvey's episode earlier today just to kind of like get in the spirit. He's a friend of mine. And that was just I just 
and I love, I feel so honored to be in your catalog of guests as well. So many people that I'm such massive fans of and yours as well. I've been following you for a while. Um, so thank you again for having me. Um, Unidentify with Demi Lovato is a, is a four part documentary series on streaming on Peacock, uh, starting September 30th. All four episodes will be available. It is me, uh, Demi, Demi's sister, Dallas, as we travel different places in the United States to figure out what is the truth and what is out there. Um, and you, you got to watch to find out for yourself and make up your own, your own mind. You can catch me, um, on Instagram, Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery. My Twitter is I robot you Jane. It's a Buffy episode. My full name wouldn't fit. And Matthew Scott Montgomery on TikTok. Um, I'm also in pre-production for a horror film that I wrote, which I think you will love. And I will have to tease that more another time. Um, But right now I'm all about that unidentified. And I can't wait for the show to come out. Oh, my God. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to Matthew Scott Montgomery. And as always, if you want to hear a little bit more, go to patreon.com slash Ross for a fun bonus clip where we talk about haunted dolls, Bigfoot, psychics, so many things. So go check that out. Also, are you subscribed to the show? I mean, it's like it's October. It's Halloween time. So please tell your friends about the show and rate it five stars on apple Podcasts or wherever you do that uh you could leave a nice review you could leave a ghost story in a five-star review or um you could leave one in the facebook group called ghosted by ross dress my live show is happening the 29th of october so get those tickets quick the link is in the description of this episode and also I'm on Instagram at Roz Hernandez. I'm on Cameo, Roz Dresfalez. So many things. So much fun to be had. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! A podcast network.